Well, the Brotherhood of Sentient Beings, a podcast from Another Word of Gourds blog. Many thoughts and reflections on the inner journey of spirit. On this inner journey to discover who and what we really are, only to open a new page and discover another definition even wider than the one we thought appropriate and useful last week. We see our embrace of sentience in more and more beings inhabiting the various neighborhoods of our knowingness. Perhaps we got going years back by recognizing that loved one so irreversibly dead was actually living elsewhere and sending out telegrams about their new address, hoping we'd stop losing them in our endless rush to organize our days. Perhaps we finally admitted maybe inspired by some dotty acquaintance, that our pet was significantly more sensitive than the appetites we noticed. Perhaps we found ourselves floating up at the ceiling, wondering who the heck that was down there below, snoring and seeing, maybe only for a second or so, that there was two of us, each as alive as the other. Perhaps we allowed the aliveness of our nature to invade us instead of obeying the dictates of civilized behavior. Perhaps our drug of choice swept us into the scary sentience of everything, persuading us for a few moments that inanimate objects were not to be pitied. Perhaps we shivered at the notion that meat was murder or felt that carrots cried for mercy when we pulled them out of the soil. Perhaps we read some books that spoke of such experiences and decided that life as we knew it would be impossible without that knowing around our necks. Perhaps we had a meltdown, making our families wonder what kind of therapy would work. Perhaps we began throwing up every meal consumed. Perhaps we began buying burgers for the homeless. Perhaps we abandoned consciousness expansion for servitude in religion or the military. Perhaps we went with the flow and did what families expect. Or perhaps we engaged with our doubts and anxieties and persevered through the stages of the journey following this or that teacher and practice. Perhaps yoga and meditation soothed our troubled soul. At some point we arrived here, knowing that we were a tiny part of the big picture, that being the planet with millions of sentient beings, many of them not human, that being the planet. I have arrived at this here and suspect many of you have also. Can I supply a useful outline of this big picture? I think so. 
I live in a house with a garden with my partner, and we share our understanding of its life and it, all of its inhabitants, most of whom are nature spirits and elementals. Some of those nature spirits, orbs if you prefer, came here with me 15 years back from my fifth floor apartment in another town, where I had gathered them about me on my many walks through the River Valley Park there. On moving, I invited them to come along. One of them assumed the position of house spirit here and orders the place and the others much like the butler in downtown Abbey. I sometimes wonder if he got the nation, the notion, not the nation, as he usually will not come down to the basement room where I watch videos and enjoy music, as though it were somehow beneath him. Lord knows I've invited him often enough. He will also refrain from venturing into the back garden, where nature spirits there would prefer he stayed in the house, or so I am told. Those garden spirits helped me redesign the garden over a few seasons. I bumbled about in my enthusiastic amateur way, assuming that they were putting ideas into my head as I pursued my plans. Having read the Findhorn books, I was well aware of our status as co-creators, doing all the sweaty legwork for the little darlings while they buzzed about full of ideas. Also, the Findorn folks, I forget which one, years ago alerted me to the value of grateful, loving thoughts directed to one's house maintenance equipment, and I have never since forgotten to thank my furnace and central air for their service when it's minus 25 centigrade or plus 35 centigrade. Speaking of thanking, I have for many years thanked our car for its faithfulness. One day it responded to my usual thank you card greeting by saying, why not call me Elizabeth? That should give you some idea of where I'm at. Recently, the book Subtle Energies by David Spangler pushed me even farther in that direction. Having followed his output for decades, starting with the work at Findhorn in the early 70s, his psychic and spiritual explorations never failed to impress me, impress and inspire. Subtle Energies continues in that vein, and I was not surprised to see detailed evaluations of his relationship to the rooms and furniture of his home, as well as the house spirit and fairies in the garden. He spends an entire chapter assessing the energetic body of his sofa and how by admiring and blessing it with gratefulness, he could enliven its being and raise its consciousness. I give but one example, but it allowed me some leeway in my own thanking of doors and windows, which had sprung up years before almost spontaneously from psychedelic trips where at some point in the journey, everything had a vibrating aura and really did feel alive, as the various pioneers like Huxley and Leary pointed out. Not to mention that nifty song by Godley and Cream, I pity inanimate objects. Of course, having belonged to the psychedelic generation for decades, many of whom have had the transcendent vision and think of themselves as companions of the sacrament, 
It seemed as though another chapter to the story I knew well had just been added. His field notes, as he termed them, reminded me of another tale, whereby an elemental who had assumed responsibility for my bedroom took to asking what, that the door be shut upon my departure, a request I found easy to comply with. After some time, the request gained in confidence and began to seem like a demand. So then I thought, no, I'll decide on that one, thank you. And the would-be servant resumed his position. So, some pushing and shoving for position, at least on that level. As a friend of Spangler, Riley observes, every something is a someone. So as we open to the proliferation of elementals all around us, we can see that even a tiny recognition and love blessing can boost their self-esteem and twig their consciousness to the next mini level. And we can, as Spangler notes, be shepherds of consciousness, even if we can't see the sheep. I have written and spoken several times about my love for the deva I sense hovering over Lake Ontario, near the city of Toronto, not far from my little town of Oakville, and her innate abilities in blending the vibrations of city life with those of nature, both land and water. I have also commented favorably about the angel I feel hovering over the church and garden of St. Jude's here, and her ability likely amassed over decades of combining the Christian and pagan energies to form a harmonious whole that is quite apparent when one sits and meditates as the giddy orbs bounce about like children on a picnic after too much ice cream. They are giddy to begin with, but I found that I could make them even sillier by channeling a love energy down through my crown chakra and out through my heart chakra one that kind of overwhelmed them like some kind of irresistible tickle. In the neighborhood of that church, in the historic area of town, there are many venerable old oak trees, all of whom deserve some kind of reverential greeting, but only a few get the respect. And this gets to the crutch of the issue I feel gathering about us as we advance in our embrace, in our embrace of life. But first, let me touch on some related topics. With the twin issues of aliens and alien technology pressing upon us, whether or not we pay attention, we are confronted with the prospect of even more sentient beings filling our plate. The issue seems to be, at least for me, how does one cope with such multitudes? Oh, it's easy if you use ignorance and denial as a shield. At the moment, it's the white supremacists who are experts in the denial mechanism, refusing the respect other races and genders deserve. But soon that shadow will pass to the mainstream rationalists who will want to drive their car straight to success without stopping to admire other life forms yearning for recognition. After that, maybe vegans and vegetarians will be forced to confront that all their foodstuffs are alive and frantically clinging to their forms as they are cooked and eaten, and not just the ones they have specified in their holy books. This diversity of conscious beings, growing exponentially as we expand our willingness to embrace, while seemingly insurmountable at present, 
reminds me of the cultural diversity I've felt these past few decades, not only in the large urban expanse of Greater Toronto Area, the GTA, with many millions from every part of the planet settling here, but also in my small town, tucked into a small pocket by the lake, where it seems almost any language can be heard from shoppers in our stores and strollers in our parks. While many can respond in English to greetings and requests, their chatter amongst themselves delights my ears with its music. I suspect the telepathic and visual communications from the sentient beings above mentioned will roll out in a similar fashion. Of course, denial and disbelief will continue to operate as a filter for many, giving them the breathing space they'd acquire as their perceptions gradually adjust. I can see this process in operation now, as many who are fascinated by the continued appearance of orbs and crop circles indulge their interest at every opportunity, while the majority continue to chuckle and take a pass. With television and movies assisting, I see ghosts and the paranormal are still a draw, these manifestations will continue their cultural infiltration until something like a saturation point is reached. Much the same with bisexuality and gender reassignment. I have related some ET contacts in this book, of which this is but an excerpt, my memoir, Moving Through Many Dimensions reaching out in the same manner as I would to the confused or enlightened dead and highly advanced spirits. But I recognize that others have gone farther down that rabbit hole, and I am not much more than a newbie. As I read such works as Meet the Hybrids, The Lives and Missions of E.T. Ambassadors, Being with the Beings, The How and Why of E.T. Contact, by Miquel Mendonca, Extraplanetary Experiences, Alien-Human Contact and the Expansion of Consciousness by Thomas James Stryker and others, I see I'm only scratching the surface. Obviously, we have come a long way from the initial trauma of abduction to darn near friendly relations between E.T. and human, as outlined by someone like Donna Lynn in her memoir, From Fear to Love. It's a daunting prospect, this universal embrace of sentient beings, from tiny elementals in blades of grass to huge devas organizing hurricanes and harmonizing mountain ranges, and all the rivers, spacecraft, angels, escalators, refugees, and sleazy politicians in between. But I suppose even hello or a thank you is a start. I have enough trouble reminding folks that the brotherhood of man includes women and children too. And thus we have the first episode of my podcast, Another Word of Gord. And that's me, Gordon Finn, the brotherhood of sentient beings, the brotherhood and sisterhood of sentient beings. And I hope this has met your either your expectations or your ability to be surprised. And there will be more coming down the pike. And uh, do let me know. 
at wordofgordyahoo.ca or anywhere else you can get a hold of me, what you think and what you might like to hear. And until then, sayonara. So long. Au revoir. See you again.